well, thank you for listening to another episode of In The Band Podcast. I'm Michael Goldman, uh, the guy who uh, makes this podcast. A couple of things I want to address first. I want to say thank you to my aunt Alice because she sent me this uh, country cow, like, turn the can upside down, then back, and it'll moo. She uh, heard my reference in an episode earlier and sent this out to me to a mooing sound on a Coldplay record, and uh, it's just very sweet, and thank you for listening. Alice, it means a lot to me. Uh, second of all, I missed another week again, but that's just going to happen sometimes, so sorry if anyone has looking forward to a new episode last week. It was one of my best friend's weddings, so I was out of town for that. But I have a great episode today. It's uh, kind of a funny one because it's with Harry Hayes from Iron Tom. And I've known Harry for, I don't know, 14 years now probably. So it's hard to sometimes keep the interview in, in line the same way as someone I don't know or I'm not as close to. But you kind of go off the rails sometimes, and there's a lot of just weird laughing at stupid stuff, so I hope we don't sound like complete amateurs and children, but it was a blast talking to Harry about some things that, like, you know, you spend a lot of time with someone, you don't go that deep in certain areas sometimes because you're just so used to just dealing with what's right in front of you, and you get in a kind of rhythm in that relationship, and sometimes you don't take the time to kind of like look underneath the hood, so to speak. So that was a pleasure for me, uh, especially because Harry's a pretty unique individual. I admire the reality that he chooses to live in a lot of the time, and uh, you see that in his music, you see that in his persona, but he's a, just an interesting fucking dude, and he writes a lot of very good music in Iron Tom and outside of Iron Tom. So he's someone I've respected a lot musically for the last, I don't know, 14 years since he started writing music but um i hope we don't get too lost in the weeds and i hope you guys enjoy this episode all right Harry Hayes from Iron Tom, the lead singer, lead vocalist, um, in my room. He's very rarely on this side of uh, town in L.A., but he was working out here today, so he was nice enough to come by. With the carp. With, with Carpenter, which which he, like, I talk about him a lot on this podcast. Isaac Carpenter, yeah. Because he's hooked up, he's hooked me up with a lot of people. He's this. a saint. He's an all right, yeah, he's fine, he's an all right dude. Um, I love him. How how much do you want me to just go rogue or like say things or do you want to just ask questions and? Uh, it'll be it'll be both I guess I mean we're uh, there's some stuff that I think would be interesting to talk about and then you'll just give me your opinions on. <laughs> These are mine. <laughs> those are yours, right? Yeah. I don't recognize those. Um, you're like the second person to come to my house to do an interview. I usually like to go to other people's places. Oh, okay, you bring the. Yeah, up. I bring all the the weed and I bring the, yeah, the, the beer bottles. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, your entourage. Yeah, I bring my dog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, thanks for coming by, man. Um, oh yeah, I think we're good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what 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 would you say your like preoccupation is right now? Um basically writing songs and trying to live a balanced enough life to be able to feel good and feel like a comfortable and confident person overall all right yeah fuck yeah yeah um how are you how are you how was navigating all of that well you know it's difficult man like there's a lot of you know, develop a lot of habits over time, mm -hmm. how to make, how you think making your life easier or like, I don't know, you just kind of get in the habit of doing things that you think feel good and you think you can sustain, but then, you know, time goes on and you realize 
you got to reevaluate what you're doing mm-hmm. on the day to day or week to week overall. And um, you basically just, I don't really know where I'm going with this. <laughs> uh, well, but you're talking about like, you're trying to get these tracks done right now, but at the same time trying to keep like a level head in your, in your life outside of it. Oh yeah. And with, by that, do you mean more like, I thought you were, yeah, I mean, in regards to music and, and the band and all that, is that what you're asking about? Yeah, both. I mean, you, you mentioned the trying to trying to live a more healthier life, essentially, or, yeah. or a more like stable life while trying to do it all. But I feel like that is that. I mean, you're just talking about your literal <laughs> living. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was getting at. It's kind of like, um, for a long time, I thought just like working on music and creating was like all you had to focus on you know Mm -hmm. but it turns out (laughs) big big reveal that uh you know if your regular life isn't in some sort of balanced area it can be harder to to make music and do things like that you know well you're trying you're talking about creating art and what art is is like your way of expressing how you feel as as well as your way of like evaluating life yeah and so if if you don't feel like you're like it doesn't exist without the former which is your life yeah (laughs) so um i think yeah if you get an an imbalance between how much you're working on music and how much you're working on just being yourself yeah that both are going to suffer there needs to be some sort of balance but then again you can't be too fucking crazy about it you just gotta do you know yeah um but in terms of the music stuff you you guys you you guys are in the middle of working on a second album basically yeah we're recording we've been writing recording a lot of a lot of cool things recently and like the last couple years for us basically we've been on the road Mm -hmm. a lot and we've learned a lot from um aaron from isaac and yeah, from, I will, I will, I'll just interject and say Iron Tom made their first record with Aaron from AWOL Nation producing it and then kind of went on to open for basically every U.S. date in the last two, three years. Yeah. So like as much as I've been on tour the last year, you've been on tour as well with, with us. It's been a party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but you were saying. Um, yeah, so in the last like six months, we've taken – a lot of what we've had the time to take a lot of what we've learned from those guys and from the bands we've played with with AWOL but we've toured with other bands too and and we've like really been able to um to write uh we've been able to spend the time to write songs that were that um is kind of implementing this experience we've gone through Mm -hmm. you know so it's been really uh it's been really fun to like to get the time to do this and so we're on a pretty good roll right now yeah you just got back from minnesota yeah recording out there yeah we were recording with a producer called john fields who uh is a pretty uh pretty clever dude and uh he's done a lot of cool he's done a lot of different things over his career but we were basically in a frozen city that's what minneapolis is at this time of year February 2019. <laughs> um, and it was fucking cold, but, you know, we were recording some cool stuff. And now you guys are just going to keep doing it up north. Yeah. We're doing more up more up north and probably Northern more California. down here. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. And do you guys have any touring coming up or anything? Yeah, we're planning a tour for May, around May, coming up. It's kind of like a co-headlining tour us and another band Can more details to be announced you can't say who the other band is uh they're they're called the unlikely candidates Uh-oh. but maybe this part i mean it's not 100 percent confirmed but it should well. be <laughs> <laughs> if it is i'm gonna be pissed off you know? um well uh, Untypically, we spent a lot of time in the beginning of this talking about what you guys have going on right now. But okay. you, you, as a songwriter, started pretty early, right? 
Yeah, I mean, um, probably when I was like 16, I uh, I learned a bit of guitar and then wrote a song. And, and then from there, I was like, um, you know, you, you kind of write one song when you're that young. And then, like, the first one that comes out is really exciting. Mm-hmm. It's really like, whoa, like, this is so cool. But then I remember being like, doing another one was harder, you know? Mm-hmm. And then doing another one after that and was was difficult too. So I feel like there was a long period of just trying to write to get used to what, what that means and what it feels like and determining what you like about it and what you don't like yeah. about it. And what, what, you didn't play any music before you were 16? No. So, but had you wanted to? Yeah. I did, but I was uh, I could couldn't do it because, you know, guitar seems kind of seems hard when you're a little kid. You're well, just when you're like, sixteen. There's also like other kids that have been playing since they're like ten, and I feel like it's, it's a weird age where you can see other people playing. And you're like, oh well, they're already doing it. Like it's too late. A little bit. I mean, I was more. It was more kind of like. It just seemed. Like how how do you do it? You know, I, I would see people doing. It, I'd be like, I couldn't do that. You know, <laughs> fucking. But then, I just like you listen to music so much, and you start to like. I started to love it so much that I was like, I gotta figure out a way to, to do it because I want. I I just love it so much. I love listening to the Beatles and the Stones and. You know, um, yeah, you're definitely like your musicianship is interesting to me because it's like it feels very utilitarian or like you you pick up what you need to to like to be able to write but you don't strike me as someone that's like ooh, I, want, I need to learn how to play this riff like that's like what a lead guitar player does yeah but you're someone that's like i need to learn how to play those chords yeah so i can then like write more chords yeah i, w- I wish i was more like be more like i'm not gonna write for Six months, I'm just going to practice lead guitar, you know? <laughs> Bless you. Jesus. I've kind of tried to do that before, but I just keep, I just don't have the patience, you know? Mm-hmm. I more like want to pick up things that uh, help um, more, more like tools that help get compositions out or songs or yeah. whatever, you know? I mean, I'm sure there are people on the other side of that too that, I, yeah, I think you can go a lot further with what you have than just being like, check, I, I can shred, you know? Because mm-hmm. shredding with no taste is meaningless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you want to post videos of yourself. And- yeah. It seems like, I feel like it's rare I meet someone who's kind of, who can do both, you know? Mm-hmm. So normally someone does one or the other. Like somebody who's really technically gifted maybe doesn't, write that much mm-hmm. you know and then someone who writes a lot probably like isn't terribly technically gifted but there well, are I there are you, some who are both you know yeah you, you could say there are some people that are like more mechanics when it comes to how they use their instrument yeah but i think it's more like we all lean towards what we're good at and what we think we're good at uh-huh. and that becomes part of our identity and just because you might be good at something doesn't necessarily mean you are a, you also are a writer, you know? Yeah. Or you're also like a creative person that wants to yeah. know, be an artist, I guess. So, but then a lot of people that are just such artists end up, yeah, becoming decent musicians out of necessity <laughs> to keep doing it. It's true. It's true. Uh, but learning different things, I've found, is just so important to to growing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's so much to learn. There mm. really is. And it's, I find myself, if I'm ever stuck or I feel trapped or something, I just have to, like, go, I have to go pick up some new thing or learn a new song or learn something that, like, isn't similar to something I've been around because mm. it just, like, is a new part of the map to to visit, you know, that you yeah. haven't seen or yeah, what well, might might illuminate some context yeah. that helps you finish the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah See you later. Uh, I heard an interview I did a while back, and I was so embarrassed because I just said, 
like and you know like a zillion times. Yeah. I just said that so many times. My and issue is saying yeah to everything. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and then you linked up with Zach, Zach Irons, who I, I'm going to need to have him on the podcast at some point, maybe a bit down the line. No chance he's doing it. <laughs> um, but, you heard it here. Well, because Zach and I, I've been playing music with Zach longer than I've been playing music with anybody. He's the first person I actually played music with and continued to do it. So from like 12 years old and on. But you started playing with him when what you were like 17 yeah because i remember me and him our band broke up and he started playing with you and he was showing me the songs you guys were writing and i was probably 15 or 16 and i i just thought they were great like it was very it was very much influenced by like oasis and the beatles yeah um much more back then you guys obviously have been pretty big influences on each other yeah but yeah you guys started playing and how i mean how many years has iron tom been like what, what the the beginning of Iron Tom? I mean, the beginning was like when I was seventeen. If you if you judge the beginning of like when Zach and I basically started making any music together, yeah, then it's about thirteen years. But yeah. the band is you know was way later. Yeah, the yeah Iron Tom itself was. Yeah, how long has that been? Probably confidently since two thousand twelve, but. Mm-hmm. but like more in the world since 2015 you know so like yeah five but, six years or something well yeah almost seven years basically yeah of literal iron tom but with you guys still and with yeah <clears throat> yeah with with about what the current lineup is because yeah. you guys were just playing lots of shows around town yeah. you played in la for years but when was your guys first tour 2015 with AWOL. And, oh no, actually, we did a tour in 2014 with a band called Girl in a Coma. Mm. Or me, I think it was 2013. We did like a seven show tour with them around the West, kind of like up the coast and in the West. And we're in a PT cruiser and like a fucking. Your old PT cruiser? Yeah. And like, Dane's, Dane, our old bass player's uh, Coupe de Ville or whatever he had, <laughs> you know. So it was pretty. It was sick. It was pretty uh, bare bones, you know. Yeah, a very DIY tour. And but, then you got the first of three for AWOL the following year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and then basically just have been doing that role for like three years. Yeah, I mean, well, for those of you who don't know. Uh, we made friends with Aaron, and he kind of became like a godfather to our band, and he became a mentor to us. And at the same time, he also uh, started having Zach play guitar with AWOL, too. Yeah. And then after that, I mean, a little after that started, then Dan started playing with him, too. So it kind of became a little family. So it kind of it just made sense for us to open. Yeah, Iron Tom, uh, half the band's already. Yeah, it, playing with playing with AWOL, so, so just bring two extra guys. And that on top of Aaron producing us, and we have the same managers. It just made sense. Yeah, but uh, which and is it's a been really fun. It's, it's been a... like you're in the band, <laughs> Isaac's in the band, and so it's just like you know when we met Aaron. No one was in AWOL. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned into like, you know, you're as close to being in Iron Tom as anyone's ever been. <laughs> yeah. So it's basically like half of Iron Tom has been in AWOL. Yeah. So we kind of find ourselves going like, this is a pretty u- unique scenario yeah. that's happened here. I feel like we've, over like the last 10 years, the amount of like serious... Or at least to me, feeling serious, like maybe I'll, yeah, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll join Iron Tom. Happened <laughs> <laughs> so many times, and then it's always like, not, not right now, not now, not the time, but, but let's, let's do this down the Zach's road. Zach's the boss, man. Zach, yeah. Zach will, the day that's right, he'll say, 
Mike, sign the papers. Yeah. <laughs> you sign away your life. You sell everything you own, and then you're in. When he's also, he's, he's also emotional about it, too. We're just kind of like, you, hey, man, like, do you want to do this? <laughs> like, yeah, sure, sure, man. <laughs> Let's... <laughs> <laughs> He knows, you know, he's got the uh, intuition about those sort of things. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, you guys, the Iron Tom uh, touring history is a really unique one because of the whole, like, family thing that's become of the AWOL Nation kind yeah. of situation. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have done tours outside of AWOL Nation yeah, with other bands, too. We've done some cool ones outside, too. I mean, it's it's been really valuable. It's like any... Anytime you can go play for like a thousand people, you know? Yeah. I mean, any tour, it's, Those opportunities there's so are many so bands, valuable. you know? Did you, did you see that I blocked Iron Tom from Nona? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? Why, are you serious? <laughs> I don't know why. Why? Because <laughs> you probably sent me 10 posts a day on instagram from either dabbing granny <laughs> which is an old lady that smokes weed or from 420 like all these different weed memes. you got pages. the wrong guy man i literally have all of that one weed uh high people doing stuff i have the entire <laughs> feed in my inbox on instagram so i blocked you thinking that you would just think it's funny and you know what you did you didn't even notice, and you just started sending it to my other account. <laughs> and I didn't want to block you from my other account. You got then the I... wrong fucking guy, man. That's not me. Because <laughs> I, then I wouldn't be able to see anything that Iron Tom was posting. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll just unblock him from knowing the band. And then you know what happened? You started sending him to both accounts. <laughs> it's not me, man. It must be, it must it be must one of the other guys. Kid, man. Or yeah. Dill. Yeah. Or Dill. Um. <laughs> it's not me. Anyway, I'll like, let's I'll, get one fucking thing straight. <laughs> I'll be in bed, and Emma will be like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm just." <laughs> Harry sent me ten more of these memes, and she she takes it so seriously, and she'll she'll look at me and say, "Oh, oh my god! Like, is he okay? Like, what? <laughs> what is what is wrong with it?" <laughs> Cause she doesn't know you. She just thinks you you're crazy. Cause the consistency of this joke. <laughs> I don't know. I gotta check out what you're talking about, man. <laughs> really don't know. I it's, think you're. I think you're mixed up. I'm cre Yeah, maybe <laughs> mixing you up with a different guy. She. It's good. She's worried about what. <laughs> Well, because she'll look at me, and I'll have, like, a dumbstruck look on my face staring at my phone, like, holy shit, and she's, she'll ask me what's wrong. <laughs> oh, fuck. And for someone that doesn't smoke weed, you... <laughs> <laughs> you sure do like the jokes. It's uh, not true, man. It's just... It's probably her. <laughs> yeah, it's her. Um, fuck me. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> How, for 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 having worked on what is basically one like although there's different incarnations of what Iron Tom is today you know there there was you and Zach playing then there was the kind of like there was the bellows right and, yeah and then Iron Tom but that's 13 years of that whole thing I mean even for you at least yeah and only I mean, in the last like four years you started touring did once you started like getting in a rhythm of touring. Did that feel like a massive payoff for like work? Hell being yeah, done before? man! That's when it began to me. It's like when we like kind of, you know, you can make a band, you can get in a room with your buds and jam and make some songs and have fun, but then uh, you know, if no one hears it, yeah, it kind of stops there, you know. Yeah. And that's fine. It's like, honestly, we've talked about it, and like the most fun we have is basically being in the room and playing together and coming up with something like the 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 core fun is that you know mm -hmm. everything else is the outside things are great like shows of course are great and all that but um that is like the 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 real real core of the excitement um but anyway it was yeah it it really began for me in that way because when we started touring 
uh, and playing like our music for people and seeing people in like Kansas or Seattle or uh, Atlanta or Alabama, wherever reacting to it. It was like, oh man, like we're not crazy. Like this is cool stuff and Mm -hmm. it makes people feel even some of the happiness we get for making it and playing it together. Yeah. Um, and so that, that made it like, okay, this could be a career and this could really work because people are reacting in a positive way and like seeming to get a good amount of the joy that we get out of doing it, you know? So it's like, you know, it's like a pass of energy and it comes back to you and then it goes back and just like grows and grows and grows. When being a writer for so long, writing so many songs, because I I mean, like the audience won't know this, but as, as a friend of yours, the amount of like demo albums you've handed me over the years and there's a lot that i haven't gotten i know yeah um that doesn't become iron tom stuff it's just songs that you've written that you've fully fleshed out basically yeah um you you're you're a pretty prolific writer in terms of in that in that regard and out now touring and seeing the feedback from the crowd how much has that changed the way you write it's a good question because it it does it does influence it and it makes um it makes you see what excites people and that in turn can excite you and i guess you know there are things like there's songwriting devices that you you can learn like you know stops or breaks or dynamics things like that mm-hmm. you can learn from when you do it a song with you know maybe an exciting break in it for an audience and they react to it you you go home and you go well let's write another one with some more of those or whatever you know mm-hmm. it can influence it and it can make you see you just learn what works you know yeah and what doesn't and like when you bring an audience into the whole process you learn a lot about how it's perceived you yeah. know when david burns uh book i think it's called like I don't remember right now. <laughs> I'm sure someone that's listening to this would be like, dude, it's called this, you idiot. But he, he he talks about how you subconsciously are always writing to your the room that you're in, essentially. So like, yeah. if you're on a tour and you're playing clubs, like you're gonna come back and play music that from soundcheck and from from those tours, like room music that you're like, oh, this will resonate in the club. And then once you start playing, it, if you're opening for someone, but you play a lot of theaters. You know, when you're sound checking, you're hearing how that music is playing back to you in the theater. Yeah. And so now you're gonna you're gonna start writing music that maybe tr- like translates better to a theater environment, and and that goes for all different environments in which you play music, because you can trace that back to like if you're playing acoustic guitar in an old church that has a lot of echoes. Yeah. You're gonna you're going to play differently than if you're in a dry room. You know what I mean? Of course. Like yeah. the feedback you get changes how you write. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I just wanted to say that. Yeah. I just find that interesting. I mean, I, I've read a lot about writers talking about writing, and it, it's a very interesting thing to me, you know? Yeah. Because you hear about how people perceive these things and their um their their takes on it. You can it's really cool to relate it to your own core feeling about it and like how you how you create and how much thought you put into um, what's outside of yourself when you're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, uh, Bradbury, Ray Bradbury? Mm-hmm. There's this really good, uh, I read this whole book. He wrote Fahrenheit 451. And, uh, there's this whole book he wrote, or it's, it's a collection of his essays about writing. Mm-hmm. He has this quote about writing that's so good. Let me see, uh, about writing he said what can writers learn from lizards or learn from birds in quickness there is truth the faster you blurt the more swiftly you write the more honest you are in hesitation is thought in delay comes the effort for a style instead of leaping upon truth which is the only style worth dead falling or tiger tiger trapping which you know when i read that i uh end quote 
<laughs> I read that. You know what he means. It's yeah. like a fucking... To an extent, you can't think too much when you're writing about, like, you know... I mean, there's some people who can. There's some people who can go, like, I want to write this for this purpose. And they can do it, and they can pull it off, you know? I think what he's talking about is a style of writing, though, honestly. Because he's the the type of writing he's talking about is, like, like harnessing truth within yourself and, and, like, being able to, like, mine it. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then there's also, like, that excludes... um, being specific i feel like like as much as that's a beautiful quote and i completely agree when it comes to like yeah. truth if you want to just write your own truth yeah it if i if i'm writing a song and i i know what i want it to be about i'm very specific about it if i were to just do a first draft a rough draft and never like <laughs> look back on it then, yeah. it then it's not it's not actually achieving its mission i think he means with a first draft you know yeah i think like the the core energy and the the like the first strike you know you can take from that and edit it and 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 hone it in you know but to get that like initial thing that's charged with power and energy and something you can't even like believe came out of you you know Mm -hmm. that is something that i agree comes from less thought you know i mean the best things i think i'd the things I like the most that I do, I just like, I'm not even aware when it happens. And then once I gain awareness again and I'm look, I'm here listening to it or whatever, it's like, okay, there, there was an honest moment there. There was like yeah. something open up, came out and I mean, you those got are, it. Those you know? are the most beautiful times when it's, uh, especially lyrically when a song comes out in like two minutes, you know? Yeah. And I think I, I've probably, it's been like five occasions. Ever? Maybe, maybe more. For me, where I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna think I'm gonna, I want to try to write something, and then all of a sudden I just had a song in like five minutes. You know yeah. I mean, it's like, whoa, what the hell? I mean, there are other times where like inspiration strikes halfway, but in terms of the like start to finish thing, it's true. I mean, those are the best ones. Yeah. I mean, I'll write a lot to uh, as an exercise. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I write a lot because it feels good and it feels it's a way to deal with whatever you've experienced or yeah. whatever you've gone through in the world, it's like a way to turn it into s- turn it, have well, it come like, through you and turn it around. It's and the put way it you exercise. Yeah. yeah. And so not all of those turn into good things, but it's just something that, that that's my, that's the thing I've always tried to tell myself is it won't always be good, but it won't always be bad. Yeah. And, and it, as long as it's not always bad, yeah. then, then you're doing a great thing. Yeah. It's true. And just the more you do, the more you, you learn from it, you know? Fuck. Um, cool, man. Yeah. How is that reflected in the stuff you guys are writing right now? <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier, I feel like our experiences with touring and the things we've gone through in the last few years have brought us to a new place of being able to express ourselves in a more, um, what's the word, uh, potent way, mm-hmm. and a more, um, a clearer and potent and powerful way. Like Zach and Dan, you know, playing two shows a night for all those tours, playing with Iron Tom and A Wall. They've they've played a lot of music. They put a lot of time into playing. They've been in front of a crowd for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know. Those sort of things are experiences that go into somebody and and they'll manifest themselves with the way they express themselves later, you know? Mm. So it's all like, it's all fuel, you know? It's all been fuel. And and now we're just, we're, we're, we're working on our things and it's coming out in exciting ways. And we're able to pinpoint what, when things are working and when they're not working better now, you know? Yeah. When you're younger, you can write a song and be like, man, this just, a, why is this taking like an hour to do a vocal thing or like to, you know? Yeah. And you tend to find out that the song, there's something wrong with the song. If you can't just like, if, if it's difficult, if it's really, really difficult and it's a struggle, 
where we've learned that it's there's something wrong with it you know you gotta it, like it, redo difficult it or, in what way well if something's like right now i'm what's in my mind is like executing something mm-hmm. if a band's like trying to play a song and that it's not sounding right and they're trying to do these parts and they're like not clicking or like a singing part's not working or something mm-hmm. then the answer isn't to just like do it over and over again until you like get some miraculous take of it being good you know yeah it seems more like the answer is well something might not be right and you got to go yeah. back and either rewrite it or fucking trash it and go to the next tune and make a new one or something, you know? There is something to be said, I feel like, um, for staying in your wheelhouse, I think, too. Yeah. In terms of, like, even... I don't know, like, because Iron Tom's such a live band, too, where it's, like, not that that anyone in the band is, like, not... uh, an incredibly proficient musician but i just mean for example you have something that's like incredibly ambitious in the studio and it's like are we gonna can we do this live <laughs> yeah know? like is it even really worth it if we can't do it live yeah yeah that's true which i think it depends on where your motives are because i think there's certain people who like to record without any sort of thought of how can't how could we do this live i'm just focused on the actual audio yeah and then there's other people that are like, well, no, we're a band and we want to make it sound like a band, and we we want it to we want you to hear how you can see it live at the show, kind yeah. of a thing. It's a song to song basis to me. Like if you got some crazy Frankenstein mechanical computerized song, but it's it's like unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, all right, well, this is undeniably good, and yeah, let's use it. But if it's something like that, and it's like, well, it's not even that good, or it's fine mm-hmm. then it's like you know let's not break our backs to play this thing that's okay live you know yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> well, yeah so it's it's like a song to song basis we busted you know? our ass and this thing sucks but yeah. we're gonna i mean hey we did it we're so. gonna work even harder <laughs> yeah to reproduce it yeah. live poorly yeah <laughs> get ready <laughs> but that you know i mean that doesn't it doesn't happen we're getting better at that too you like if you want to see that though you could probably just go to a club in LA any given night. Maybe. I mean, I wanted, I, last night I was looking for a place to go see a show or something. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, uh, I just went home. I, I gave up. I was kind of like looking up what was playing and I like not knowing what's playing and just yeah. going in, you know? I used to do that. There's the hi hat right down the street, the venue. Yeah. And, uh, on the free nights. When How they many free up, nights are there? Well, they don't do many anymore. You ever get roasted before live? I haven't in a long time. Um, it seems terrifying to me. I did it in Chasing Kings, like uh, every show, every fucking show. No, I tried it, and I, I, if we're jamming and I'm just playing bass or something like that, I just need a groove. It's awesome, and I can do it. But yeah. if I have to sing and play bass and think about if i sound good and stuff yeah. like that my it's not like my brain shuts down like i can do it but it's just so unpleasant for me to do it yeah. feels like a full-on job i'm yeah. performing and not very cool so it just gives me anxiety so i don't i haven't i haven't done that in maybe like eight years and i don't intend on doing it anytime yeah soon. although i kind of you know what now i'm talking <laughs> about it <laughs> I think uh, I got worried about fuck yeah, same, like your perception of pitch and stuff getting all. Yeah, and whack, part of you know? me sometimes when I'm high, I feel like I'm just like right on. Yeah, like, like I'm doing it better. It feels good. You're like fuck yeah. Yeah. Fucking like, but I think alcohol would make me more pitchy than weed. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know. Alcohol. I don't. I don't smoke. But alcohol. I used to drink before shows, and I thought. uh definitely felt like it fucking brought you up a peg you know Mm -hmm. but then after a while i was like kind of sucks to have to have like two beers before you have a show and then and then you're pumped so afterward you have two and then one on another and then all of a sudden it's like you're on tour and you're having six drinks a night every single night yeah um but it's fucking sick (laughs) <laughs> you, you, what you're saying is making me stoked to go back on tour. I know, man. You, you don't, you don't drink before shows anymore. No comment. 
because <laughs> 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 well, I, that, I, that's such a typical thing. The like, oh, I like, I want two two drinks, and like, obviously, I think there's the reason for it. It's like two drinks is enough to feel it, but you're not getting buzzed, and that's an easy rule that a lot of bands implement. Like, only two drinks. I know a lot of people that do this. Yeah. But it is always a funny thing to me because I'm like, you can get caught up in the like rock and roll like fantasy side of it of like, oh yeah. man, yeah, like let's get fucked up, let's fucking drink. I can fucking I can play in front of people while I'm drunk. Like that's how cool yeah. I am. Like as if that's some weird accolade that's worth getting or achieving. But um, also, isn't it's uh, another part of me thinks it's pretty bad badass to play sober. <laughs> Like, yeah. cause I think a lot of the drinking things like to calm your nerves or whatever, whatever yeah. excuse you want to make for it, but it's definitely numbing it a tiny bit. Yeah. It makes it easier to like jump yeah. into the deep end, you know, it's but pretty cool though, when you can do that sober, yeah. like that's to me, that's a more recently been something I've been thinking about is, I mean, it's admirable. a ride in itself, you know, mm-hmm. going out and playing show. It is a ride. It's a rush. And it's a ride, and it's like... Well, it depends on who you are, because, you know, there's some people that just go and sit there and play bass or whatever, and then there's other people that, like, really fucking lose themselves. You're definitely a performer that, like, like, you're not unrecognizable as, like, the Harry that I know when you're on stage, but you're certainly... um, you're certainly there. You're certainly all right there on the stage. It doesn't seem like you're anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I... uh... I definitely, it's definitely fun to do it, and it's definitely uh, a ride. I just say a ride because it's like this thing. It's, it's fun, and it's scary, and it's a lot of fucking flips and loops. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um. There's a number of reasons why, like being sober, doing it. It's like you want to. You want to make sure you're you're making it worth the people's time who's giving you their time to mm-hmm. check you out or listen to you or watch, you know. Um, and well, so that that thought crossed my mind a while back, and I was like, well, I'll just make sure I'm on it, you know. Yeah. Like I want to be on it for for the people who's coming to give our group a chance, you know. And well, how many times have you gone to a show that you were excited to see, and maybe like someone was like. Yeah, th- there was something that was within the band's control that like made it not as good of a show, and I guess you would be like, "Well, man, I wish that was better." Like I had expectations, you know. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure we've all been disappointed by shows we've seen. Before. It's true. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of shows where like people are too drunk to bring it, but yeah, you know, maybe they're singing at a key a little bit, and that's why or. Who knows? You yeah. know? I mean, at the same time, I don't want to shit on like drinking before a show. Just cause no, it's I know, cool. I know I'm going to keep doing it's it. It's whatever. From yeah. Time to time. You better. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's cool. It's just, it's whatever your preference is. It also depends on the band. Like some bands just have different vibes. What are the, I mean, you guys being a band for quite a long time, even you and Zach, your, your relationship has been yeah. going back now for a bit yeah for, for us being not super old people yeah th- they're old relationships yeah what's the dynamic that di- the difference in dynamic as a band between being at home and working versus being on tour that's a good question it is quite it is a there is a difference because tours is kind of like survival in a way mm. you know there's something about going city to city and having to really to perform every night and um there's like a nervousness that comes with it and then there's also you're you're kind of getting taxed by the traveling and Mm. the conditions you're in always moving and it takes something out of you puts you on edge a little bit so everybody kind of finds a routine to like comfortably you know get them show to show and allow them to perform Uh, the best they can. And then at home, you know, we're comfortable and we, <clears throat> it's a different thing. But on the, I mean, do you feel that way on the road? Like, I mean, I, I agree with the mentality part of it. I've, 
uh, every band I've found is completely different. Like AWOL Nation, we don't spend a ton of time together at home. Like, yeah, there's not like a like, oh, this is how the dynamic has changed because like basically the entire dynamic is is based off of what it's like on the road, you know? Yeah. And so, like with AWOL, I it turns into like as much as Zach was my best friend going into the band. It's not that he's not. It's just that his lifestyle is so different than mine on tour, and mine's way much more similar to Isaac's. So Isaac and I end up getting like lunch or drinks or breakfast because like Zach sleeps in later. Exactly. Zach, Zach yeah. eats later. So yeah. like those things change. That's kind of what I was getting at. It's like <clears throat> yeah. you know people fall into what they need to do just to yeah just to yeah, yeah. survive. It. I you, mean, you spend not... time with people that are on your schedule. Yeah. It's not like touring is hell or anything but it is like you know uh, all i can i can describe it from my point of view is there's it can be tiring traveling a lot and strange hours and then also there's a little bit of an underlying pressure of like we got to bring it again you know gotta Mm. gotta have a great show and and do our best and so between those two things you find what your routine is or what what works out and how you can um you know feel as comfortable as possible doing it yeah Tour, touring's a lot of fun if 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 we weren't, weren't playing though i don't think i'd ever want to do it yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> without the show part it just you wouldn't want to just be a yeah go to <laughs> be a hostage yeah go, go to the next town wait around all day be and forced then... to like probably not eat that great of food and yeah see like not necessarily the best parts of all these towns yeah. yeah um but overall i do love it so i crave like you were saying like it sounds it, fun yeah you you crave it when you don't have it and then when you have a lot too much of it you need a break but it's like beer <laughs> except beer is way better yeah <laughs> high five. Oh yeah dude. you gotta like put that in oh. Um, Overdub like sat like, like samples, yeah, samples. <laughs> <laughs> like multiple a crowd. Like, um, but just be like, that was an awesome high five. Yeah, let's dude. do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't want a tour if you weren't playing shows. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's like. The show is the reward. It's it's why you, it's why you're out there. It's what it's all for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What What do you find like, like what's the most fulfilling thing about being in Iron Tom? Like, is it is it is it the creating the songs? Is it the like watching the crowd respond to it? Oh, most of it's fulfilling. I mean, mm-hmm. being with your closest friends, and like. You're like in a little club, you know, it's like a little club and you got, you share like this kind of, it's like a mental uh, circle, you know, Mm -hmm. and you got this like continuous thread that connects your minds, which is the music and your, your, you know. And it's pretty exclusive, like, like not in a negative way, but like. I guess so. I mean, I guess you, you know, we've like we're crazy enough to be doing it and like wanting to do it, want to do it more. Yeah. And we share this connection about it. And so that kind of love and understanding is really fun. And then it is fun to be like, you create something you love with some people, your group that you love mm-hmm. so much. And then you show it to people and they love it back. It's like, it's pretty, pretty fun. You know, it yeah. can't, it, it feels like a substantial achievement to to mm. do something like that, to make something you love and think is cool enough to share with people, and then to have them react to it positively. It it does feel like um a uh, uh an accomplishment. Yeah. Um. And it's just it's fun. It feels like you're connecting with them and you're giving them something yeah you know that thing you're describing is like be, being in a band and having that whole like uh, us versus the world kind of mentality it's definitely it's that's like the alluring thing why people want to be in bands it's like it's what 
it's what I was drawn to without even really knowing what it was I think, yeah. at a young age. And what I definitely miss, I think, sometimes from being more of a hired gun when it comes to jumping around to different bands is the like is that more like longevity of that brotherhood but at the same time i also get it in small doses yeah. when you're on the tour with people and yeah. it, when it's a good vibe and that but if, with the way you're describing like real brotherhood is like yeah it seems like one of the coolest things that there is he... <laughs> my dog is yeah twitching she, out she twitches in her sleep uh, a whole lot but anyway, that's awesome, man. And and you you guys just put out those two singles, and you're gonna. There's more coming. Pe- and people need to just keep their eyes out because you guys may or may not. You're gonna have some shows and touring coming up. Yeah. You're gonna work it out. I uh, yeah. Well, the brotherhood thing is, you know, it it's pretty comforting to feel like you got three other guys who are as crazy or crazier than you. Yeah. You know, that you're like, you know, yeah, you can. You know, with- they're gonna like probably one up you so yeah. you gotta keep going with it yeah. you know because if you had a band where you're like oh that one guy is kind of like he's always with his you know he's always at, you know going to softball games and doesn't really play his instrument much huh. yeah well i appreciate you hopping over here from isaac's house and uh talking to me cause... yeah man let's just call this part one while part two maybe in a year or two yeah We'll see. I, you've been holding that mic awfully close to your mouth, so that we there might be some distortion here. I care. That's uh, all right. We're done now. So. Um, all right. Is that all good? Do you have a sign offline? No, I probably should come up with one. It's always awkward. It's like, all right, okay, bye. So let's just keep up with that. I think that's my sign off. All right. All right. Cool, man. <sighs> Fine. See ya. <laughs> see ya, man. Bye. Bye.